This is Hot Tech with Jan Vermeulen. I just felt so we need to cross over and chat to Jan because there's, there's quite a number of very interesting topics to unpack this afternoon. Jan, Jan Vermeulen, editor at My Broadband. Great to have you on board. Thanks for joining us once again, Jan. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you. Right. Let's start with this first topic, which I'm sure is going to elicit a lot of reaction from our listeners. ESCOM now wanting South Africa to stop using so much electricity. What are they on about? Okay, please. Yeah, over to you. What's going on here? This was, this was us being a little bit cheeky, but, um, Mm -hmm. uh, this is, yeah, ESCOM has unveiled what it calls its demand side response program. And, um, the, this was being punted by, uh, a couple of ESCOM higher ups at a, uh, at a demand side management in Daba. On Monday. Right. And, and so Mpumakwana was there and, and in between this, um, Mpumakwana is the, is the chairperson of, of ESCOM. And uh, in between all this, uh, he also, by the way, dropped, oh, they've shortlisted five candidates for the CEO and they're busy working on that. So okay. that was probably the, the bigger news of the, of the day. Right. But uh, in between all this, they're talking about, yeah, the, the, the demand side initiatives. Um, and uh, demand-side reduction initiatives, and essentially they're going to be coming to everyone. They're going to be coming to uh, uh, homes, to estates, to complexes. You know, um, uh, they're going to come to businesses, and they're going to ask everybody to reduce their their energy uh, usage. Um, they said that <laughs> okay. you know that they want us to do this without impacting sort of quality of life, right? So I guess what I've you know, what comes to mind is things like solar geezers, even though they, they did have that solar geezer program that never really, uh, you know, it, they, they, they replaced a couple of geezers with solar geezers, but the, the program ultimately, you know, didn't go anywhere. Right. And, uh, and perhaps, you know, replacing old, uh, you know, light bulbs in your house with LED light bulbs instead of, you know, incandescent. You know, Jan, Jan if I can come in there, we speak of this word enforcement. Now, it's amazing what you've just, uh, what you've just mentioned now. Uh, I, I'd love to see and witness exactly how they're going to do that if they're going to, so in a matter of speaking, intrude into businesses and uh, personal, you know, like uh, spaces like your yeah. homes and complexes. It- uh, it has to be a carrot. It has to be a carrot, not right. a stick. So they can't, they can't be like, we will penalize you. So what's worked in the past mm-hmm. is essentially ESCOM giving out free light bulbs. <laughs> so they're like, hey, listen, bring us your old garbage With so light much bulbs. load, load shedding, and, is that going to work? <laughs> I'm just running no. that by you. Uh, right. And it's, and it's really, it's really like this, this to me, you, you know, looking at, at residential usage, you know, maybe geezers to some extent, but also modern geezers don't draw that much electricity. They're designed to be quite efficient and, right. and mm-hmm. efficiently maintain their, their temperature without, without like, you know, it's not like a kettle that, um, that boils to a certain temperature from cold all the time. So, right. um, you know, with proper insulation and stuff. So, but yes, anyway, on, on the res- residential side, I feel like, it's really a drop in the bucket. It's it's really a, an incredibly small amount of of um, uh, of capacity you can win on that side. Your your best bet is if you want to do demand side management, is you have to go to big industries again. Right. But that is that's really bad for South Africa's economy and GDP. Well, to ask businesses to cut back on how they use energy 
which I mean, is, it, it, uh, you know, ostensibly to be productive. It's so, so broad-based. Broad right. Sorry to come in there. It's so broad-based. I mean, how would you, in like businesses, as you've just mentioned, uh, with the economy in such a state and businesses needing to get back on the feet, how exactly are they going to analyze and determine that? And also in going into people's homes, uh, there's also the issue of affordability. They're going to make recommendations. Can people afford to do it? Uh, yeah. How long? Uh, this process is going to seem so involved. I mean, how long will it take to accomplish what they think needs to be accomplished? Yeah, exactly. And, and that's why I think, that, you know, folks have been so critical um, of and, – and, you know, it's not like we, we haven't had sort of demand-side um, response from the South African public. We've all, we all watch how we use electricity. Um, we're careful Precisely. about our geezers and, and, and all that stuff already. And so to have ESCOM come back and say, okay, now we need more – it feels like a slap in the face. It does. Um, but what what they are what they are piloting is a program that will see big um, expensive or or big um, affluent estates um, ha- like uh, uh, voluntarily sign up to a demand side reduction program that will essentially pay them for switching off. During uh, during critical times, this is a similar program to what ESCOM has for mm-hmm. big industrial customers. Right. Um. And and it comes, but it comes with strict requirements. So it's going to be interesting to see, um, this is which estates, uh, right. you know, uh, sign up for this program. But I can imagine an estate, for example, like Midstream, um, out here near Centurion, um, or, or uh, technically Kuruleni, but honestly, it's much closer to Centurion. Um, they um, they're building a solar power plant. So maybe estates like that, 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 you know, have very wealthy residents and where they can afford to build, you know, their own solar power and stuff. Right. You know, they can sign up to this demand side reduction program. And when ESCOM says it's an emergency, please cut your grid connection and save us, you know, whatever it is, five well, megawatts. But pending, young, if pending, you know, if you have that privilege and uh, accessibility to this yeah, uh, it's, it's facility, very, as you yeah. mentioned. So it, it's going to be a very, very, I can see a very subjective and controversial, to put it mildly, yeah. uh, process and, going and forward. Honestly, and, yeah, and, and honestly, it, um, you know, it, it is a very uneven, unequal situation because obviously wealthier people use more electricity. They're the ones who, who have the most to give back. Right. Or, or who, who can, um, you know, are, are the ones that, that are able to who are identified uh, as such. shave. The, right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but, but expecting poor people to do this is, well, uh, is honestly go. a bridge too far. Yeah. It's um, going to become yeah, a very it, subjective like, issue, but it uh, can't be done. yes, yeah. Let's see how this transpires and what they come up with and what will suit the, pop- the public and the population in general. Sticking with ESCOM, the next uh, uh, item I wanted to discuss with you was ESCOM now explaining why the town with their own solar power cannot reduce load shedding. Take us through that. Yeah, so th- yeah, this is the the Frankfurt story. I don't know how many people have followed that, but mm-hmm. this is a follow up on that. And 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 yeah, so so Frankfurt's uh, private energy supplier called Rural Maintenance, they have a they have a solar power plant out there. Right. And um, they were they were just not load shedding the town, and uh, you know they were contending that they generate enough electricity, and mm-hmm. so they don't have to load shed the town. But ESCOM. Their point of view, and it, this is always what happens with a court case, right? Like after the court case, now yes. that you know the judge has heard everything, and by the way, the judge ruled in favour of Escom, but it's on a technicality because the municipality out there, Mafuba municipality, did not produce an affidavit 
that empowers rural maintenance to take ESCOM to court on its behalf. And the whole, and, and so the, the, the judge dismissed the whole matter with costs. Oh, so, boy. um, so, so now, um, you know, uh, Frankfurt and Mafuba municipality must stick to the ESCOM system operators load shedding schedule. And the reason ESCOM said that they fought this is because essentially this, this independent power producer, they said, is lying. But ESCOM obviously didn't use that kind of language. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're saying, this power producer is not producing in as much power as they say they are. They're not producing enough power to supply the whole town. And they invented their whole own scheme that they call voiding, that I, I haven't quite wrapped my head around. Yes. And so, yeah, it was interesting to hear ESCOM's side of the story, which is essentially that, you know, yeah, they produce some electricity, um, but not nearly enough to, to, um, to prevent load shedding. And so ESCOM had no choice but to insist that the town continues to implement load shedding um, until, you know, they can figure out some other way. Um, and, and they suggested, for example, batteries, which are very expensive, but, but the, you know, that could maybe help the town avoid load shedding altogether. But as things right. stand, they, they can't just ignore load shedding. So that, that's Eskom's <laughs> side of the story here. Wow, Jan, it's, a, it's amazing. Uh, now we've got an electricity crisis. It's coming down to court cases now as to how to, you know, like accommodate people. And I just kind of, from what you've just outlined, it's amazing. If you really sum it up, now it's about court cases, yeah. about getting power into your homes and your businesses. It, it's absurd. But uh, with yeah. CLV, so be it. That's what's, that's what's been ruled. Let's just hope that, you know, we can progress and uh, introduce uh, solar power and exactly. Other forms of power into our systems and whatever you just to I think the bottom line is to allay and to just kill off this situation of, of lack of power and load shedding and whatever you let's see how that transpires Absolutely. very quickly Jan yeah. um, sorry I, I do sound like I'm hurrying on because we do have uh, well two more let's see if Limited we can just time. get to this in, uh, uh, very quickly Lay's now finding selling chips below the advertised <laughs> weight well I don't think Lay's is the only culprit here Am I correct? <laughs> yeah, but they're the, they're the only one we found. So, okay. um, Lays, when, when we confronted them with this, they came back with a very lengthy and detailed explanation of all the quality control steps right. um, that they have at their factory, which is quite impressive and hats off to them. But yes, this is now the one in a million where we actually found a packet that was underweight, but not in a small way. This was supposed to be a 36 gram packet right. of um, of, of Portuguese peri-peri prawn flavor Lay's chips. It's one of those premium right. flavors that they're doing. Mm-hmm. It was supposed to be 36 grams. It came in at 25 grams. Did it have something um, to do with the spice? I'm just asking. Yeah, I'm just who knows? Or maybe right. when you open the packet, right. the chips inflate. I don't mm-hmm. know. Um, and, and so, um, yeah, that's the bottom line. We have a video up on the site uh, to, to show people that we're not exaggerating this. Right. Um, we, we weighed a couple of other things as well. And, um, and I will do a follow-up story um, because there, there has been some criticism of our approach. But honestly, like trying to do a representative sample, this is yeah. – this is and so, so mm-hmm. here's the questions this whole thing raises, right, is do, do you now travel to the shops with your kitchen scale – so that you can make sure that you're getting what you pay for. Because how many people actually weigh their their food? So in this particular case, let me let me sketch the situation for you. The the reason we even found this is because the person at our office who bought this packet of chips right. picked it up and went, "Hey, this feels light." Uh-huh. And so they actually they, they they had the presence of mind. Obviously, they've they've eaten more than one of these packs. Right. Um, they, they 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 then put it on a scale and they're like, "Look at this. I'm right. It is light." And and so, how many of these are we not finding? Right? Indeed. And so, and and so. And as I've, as I've mentioned, besides Lay's, I mean, where how far does this extend with other products? 
I mean, yeah, I think people, so we, the consumer just done, needs to be very wary of this. Yeah, and so we have done random sampling, but as Lay's themselves, or Lay's, by the way, it's owned by PepsiCo, and so Pepsi, as PepsiCo explained to us, this particular, this specific batch, this one batch contains and like almost 75,000 packets of chips. Right. They've said they've received not a single other complaint. We are the only complaint that they've received. Okay. Um, and so, and so that does raise questions <laughs> about, you know, this, is this an outlier right. or is this an issue with a whole batch that people sure. just aren't catching because people don't know, right? Right. And so, um, and without somebody going out there and doing random sampling, and uh, I mean, obviously, that's an impossible task no, because sure. now you have to have someone go out to every single shop and what weigh like a pack of chips at every single shop to see if, if we're not being cheated. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so while there is very strict quality controls at these factories, it's I think it's to be expected that you will have errors creep in. But there needs to be some kind of step mm-hmm. to say. Uh, uh, are the errors within an acceptable margin? Sure. And there, th- and that control, I'm not sure, is being done. Um, and so, yeah, yeah. Uh, this was this was this was the one we found. And honestly, we have done some other random sampling mm-hmm. in and around the Gauteng area because that's where we are. Sure. Right. So, yeah. um, uh, it's incredibly costly to to drive around to to um, you know thousands of shops to try and do no, tests course, like this. But course, course. you know we, we we drive around and 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 we we do the best we can within the time constraints and the budget that we have. And we have done random sampling and found nothing. Sure. Yeah. And so, but but okay. but like you are so incredibly constrained about, like uh, around what you can do as an individual that one does wonder what will we find if there is a concerted regulatory effort to actually check up on these things. <laughs> are are these errors within? Right. Indeed, Jan, so much to chat about uh, to our listeners also on the subjects that we've had on the program so far. Jan, thank you so much. I just wanted to chat to you about one more thing, but unfortunately we have run out of time, and uh, perhaps we can unpack it uh, during another show. Jan Vermeulen, editor at My Broadband.